Hey, Lauren. Hi, Sam. I forgot. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about our new movie? I am. After all, we, we are, are the watchers, watchers of movies. Of movies. I, that was totally unintentional. No, you I should totally keep it. Forgot. It was great. Okay. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We are back. Sorry, guys, about being gone for like a month. It but was because of we had Christmas. shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had family shit we had to do, you know. I'm sure that everyone understands. So we decided that we are going to discuss our least favorite tropes. Um... I'm excited to do this, yeah. Because there's a bunch that I really get annoyed of. I made a really long list. Of do you want to go first major or... ones and minor ones? You want to go first? You want me to go first? Oh boy, I don't know. Did you want to go last or what? <laughs> I don't Why don't we go one at a time? Oh, okay, I'll go. Yeah. You go. Okay. 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 So I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> that works. Okay. So one of the biggest tropes that I don't like is a sassy minority character who can't be in a fancy restaurant and who swears at improper times yes that really drives me offensive too yeah i think like if they're in a fancy restaurant and the bill comes the sassy minority character usually loses their mind at how expensive things are (laughs) and they like make a lot of noise and like say a cuss word that makes other fancy people like uncomfortable yeah and that it just really bothers me and i i feel like they're all they being minorities that's bad maybe no 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 are are very often cast as loud and obnoxious characters and i think that that's like an offensive thing that needs to stop yeah i agree okay mine is when it's in horror movies. When someone closes the fridge and there's someone, like, standing right behind oh my like, gosh. when the fridge closes. <laughs> like, that, it drives me nuts because I think it's really lazy storytelling. Um, <laughs> I just think it's, like, it's just a jump scare. And those are bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you really want to, like, make your audience scared, don't do jump scares. Yeah. I, I will top that. Well, not top it, but add to it and say mm-hmm. mirror shots. And window, like through window yeah. shots, I also don't like because I if I if I see anything that could potentially create that, I always cover my eyes. <laughs> yeah, so I know what yeah. you mean. Like especially, it's always when they're washing their face. Yeah, they look up and oh there's someone gosh. like right there. Yes. And they're like, "Fuck! Oh my god!" Yeah, <laughs> no, it's just... that's a really good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, so my next one is characters who don't speak up to immediate immediately clarify a situation. A lot of the times it comes in a like a relationship issue between friends or lovers. <laughs> like something some lovers. misunderstanding happens and it would be so easy for the character to just say, "No, this is what was happening." But instead, they're just like paralyzed and yeah. like constipated and they can't speak <laughs> up and then the whatever they're in the fight or the tension just lasts for multiple scenes. And I think in real life, I feel like somebody would fight a little bit harder and it really bothers me. I I don't think it's a creative way to keep the plot going. Wait, do you have any examples by any chance? Can you think of any? Um, I can't off the cuff. (laughs) I should have done that before, but, um, okay. So I actually have that one is leads into mine, which is perfect. Oh, okay. 
about it's when a couple is like married and they don't talk about whether or not they want kids before they get married. Oh yeah. It's like what? Okay. You know, I'm sorry. But that's a huge thing. That's not something that someone's going to change their mind on because they're like, oh, I guess I want a child that's going to cost me tons of money and spend all my time on. I'm like, <laughs> whatever. You know, it's like, why don't you guys talk about this before you get and married? Isn't that trope always like, it seems like it's generally the woman is, is like, I'm pregnant. He doesn't want kids. But now that he knows I'm pregnant. Yeah, like, or he'll change his mind. Yeah. I hate that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll change his mind. Like, well, why would, first of all, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to be with someone who you have to change their mind on whether or not they want a child? Yeah. You know? And I don't know. And it was in an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's where it came up. Oh, okay. And, I, like, it just, it was done in a way that wasn't so cliche and tropey but it like it drove me crazy yeah I don't like that either I don't like I mean that probably goes hand in hand with the terrible this isn't on my list but the terrible tropes of people like we talked about in the Christmas movie episode when they meet and they get married they get engaged instead of just dating for a little while yeah yeah and so like, maybe they get engaged in like three days. Yeah, they get engaged because like, oh, we just made eye contact. I guess we should get engaged. <laughs> and so I think maybe those relationships <laughs> issues come out of that because they've gotten yeah. engaged and presumably married within a week of knowing each other. <laughs> I don't understand why people do that. It's like whatever. Like just have fun and date for a little while. Anyway, yeah. Like what? What's and the point if of you're rushing into yeah, it? Yeah, and if you're both not on the same page about something, you know, it's good. That you date a little while, because then you get that out in the open. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. Like, like what if kids you, are major. What if you, like, start dating someone, and, like, within, like, and then, like, within a week you get married, and then you find out, like, a month later, you're like, oh, my God, they're, like, a hardcore, like, like, neo-Nazi. <laughs> yeah, people usually hide that until at least a week into the relationship. <laughs> at least until the fourth day. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you bring out your anti-Semitism. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone you know, if you're, if you're a polite neo-Nazi, you don't just lay it on the first yeah. day. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> okay, okay, so my next one is kind of hand-in-hand hand with my last one, but it's slightly different, and it's the inability to play it cool in the face of danger. So like oh, if you're if yeah. they're following a bad guy, they they follow kind of close and they don't ever like it seems like they very rarely look busy or if somebody confronts them and they're in an area where they're not supposed to be, they don't make up a story. It seems yeah. like that just that really bothers me when I think, okay, this character can't even play it cool when they know they knew beforehand that they were getting into a dangerous situ- dangerous situation and that and it just well, like they stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, they're like nervous and like, <laughs> like sweaty, yeah. and they're like, and, and it's like, why are you nervous and sweaty in an airport? Hmm. I <laughs> watched this show. I don't know if you remember this show. It was called Seventh Heaven. Yeah, <laughs> it's really corny. But I used to watch it with my mom when I was like a te- like a young teen, like fourteen. Mm-hmm. And um, there was this episode where it's about a pastor. No, I know this. Okay. I used to watch the show. Yeah, so I know the there's show. an episode where there's this little boy who was like from the inner city, and he would get food from like a, a food bank. Mm-hmm. And the pastor was helping at the food bank, and then he decided to follow the kid home to see how bad his situation was. <laughs> and he followed him so close, like the little kid was walking, and I feel like the pastor's van was maybe three steps behind him, following him so slow and so close, and I thought, I don't know who's the worst character, the little kid who doesn't know this van is following him, or the pastor who can't just, like, 
Excuse me. Maybe stop and be like, hey, let me walk you home or something. But instead he was following him. It was so bad. Anyway. Creepy. Creepy. Okay. Um, When people wake up in the morning and they refuse to eat breakfast. (laughs) I, like, it, like... It's just like, they're like, no, I'm not hungry, or I'm too nervous, or I'm or whatever. Like, I just want one character, especially a female character, who wakes up and goes, get me food now, I'm starving, and I'm going to be grumpy until I eat. Like, I know? agree. Like, make them relatable. I know? agree, because I feel like either that, a worse, another one that's really bad is they take, like, one bite and yeah. leave the rest. <laughs> Like but the I do trap. Yeah, yeah. Scene always bothers oh me. She gosh. like takes on bites and she like leaves, and I was like, "No, you come back and you finish you your need breakfast." Food. Especially you need to eat. Like Chessie made her this super <laughs> nice like meal. Like I'd be like, "Oh yeah. my god, Chessie, well, you're the best." You know? I was like Chessie when she's like looking at her like how <laughs> I'm looking at her the same way I always do when she came home from the hospital six pounds three <laughs> But there's I have a funny anecdote about yeah. that one because I. Do you know, I've heard in other podcasts that eating in a movie or on a TV show is like a death sentence for whatever food you might be eating because you might have to eat it for like 12 hours. So they oftentimes will have a little bucket that they take, if they have to take a bite, they'll take a bite but then spit it out. Um, And like there was this one, there was, there's a podcast for the two two of the women who are on The Office. Mm-hmm. It's called The Office Ladies Podcast, and they tell some really fun little anecdotes about behind the scenes, and they said, one of them was saying that there was a mint chocolate chip ice cream cake one day that was in a scene, and she was really excited because she loves mint chocolate chip, and she loves ice cream cake, and so oh, she no. was taking, like, real bites for a long time, and then she <laughs> said by the end of the day, it was, like, torture to oh, even take God. the tiniest little bites, so... So yeah, I think maybe partially the reason that people eat weirdly on movies is because of that. But at least make it seem like like make it seem like they're gonna eat and just right. cut to something else. Right, or something. exactly. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, okay, and then you can cut to the scene. Like no one yeah. needs to see them eat. We just need it implied. Exactly. Like yeah, that, well, that's yeah. what I mean. It's just no, whatever. I totally agree with you. Also, um, um, my neighbors. I don't know if I got new neighbors or not, but it's like they frequently host dance parties on weeknights. So if there is music coming in the background, it is because of that. <laughs> Do they? Are they playing right now? Have you heard it? It, it keeps going on and off. But I, I swear there was one night a couple anything. weeks ago where it was like nsk, 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 for oh, hours. But anyway, okay, so... I called the police, I called the cops on my neighbor once, because he was doing it at five in the morning. Oh my I, gosh, like, like, really? I confronted him like twice, and I was oh, so... Yeah. I was like... Getting to the point where I was like, I'm nervous for my own safety. I don't know what the kind of guy this, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so yeah. No, I I would call, but 5 a.m. That's crazy. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's one thing to be like, you know, 5 p.m. You know, then mm-hmm. okay, that's whatever. Yeah, no, but 5 a.m. and I'm losing wrong sleep. Yeah, we're gonna well, have most a people real sleep issue. At that time. Yeah, yeah, like it's ugh, it was awful. So um, I have another one. Okay. And it's heartfelt moments that come during a big presentation. Like the person has a change of heart. Uh, when they're like, like they realize they want to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? When they're like, they're like, and then if you sell this pill, wait, wait. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm in love with him. Yep, exactly. And then they like run out of the presentation and, and it's think, like, fine, you're fired. If that happened in 
real life, I wouldn't be proud of somebody. I think, well, that person's banana. Like, yeah, I'd be like, mm, and I don't like need it. to talk about I their performance at work. <laughs> I just wish that there was a different way for somebody to come to uh, <sighs> the knowledge that they need to come to without doing a stupid presentation. And like, and they're acing it too. It's always a presentation where they're yeah. doing a really good job. And for some reason, they succeed even though they left. Yeah, even though they left. Yeah. Oh, that's one of my. I hate that one. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Um, so this one, my primary example that I was thinking of was the Lego movie. However, I also feel like the Matrix could work into this. So it's when the guy who's just like a regular dude, um, turns out to be like the one, like Uh who's really good at something, like the master builder in, in the Lego movie. But then there's a female who's actually like better. And has been doing it longer. Yep. And for some reason, she's not the one, but this regular boring dude is. I hate that. I hate <laughs> like, that as well. That's a really good. That's a really good one. And it's super one. sexist. And too. actually, that's why I dislike Finn in the new Star Wars movies so much. Oh. That's exactly why. It's because he got to use a lightsaber before Ray did. Oh, see, I didn't see that one yet. And I remember sitting in the theater and I was pissed off because Finn didn't seem like he was like a chosen child. Like he didn't, you know, he didn't have any force abilities or anything. And suddenly he got to use it. And I talked to Mike about this and he was like, well, Ray ran away scared. And I, and I was like, yes, I understand that. Wait, is that the second one? No, it's episode seven. Um, the force awakens. Oh, okay. It's the first one. And I understand that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's episode seven. (laughs) It's the first one of the newest ones. (laughs) Thank you. That's what I meant. Okay. So I have seen that one. I haven't seen the other ones. And I saw Rogue, Rogue One. Yeah. I fell asleep. (laughs) <laughs> so you didn't really see it. I really hated anyway, it. Anyway, I just... I, well, I didn't fall asleep, but I almost did. Anyway, She, like, ran away and everything. But to me, just... And I know this is a corny phrase, and I don't like it, but from a girl power standpoint, I just really wanted her to at least use the lightsaber first. And then if she had to throw it to Finn, I think I would be okay with it. But right. I was really mad that he got to use it first, because that seemed super backwards to me, because they're building her up. For a lot of the movie. Anyway. So no, I agree I, with you. I, I think totally that's a really agree. good example. It's like, It drives me nuts. Yeah. Because it's like, what? Why? Why is he the one? Why? Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he hasn't done he anything. He just started doing this. Yeah. yeah. No, oh. that's good. The Matrix. I think you're right. The Matrix. Yeah. The Lego movie. There's a lot. I'm sure there's. Oh, there's so many. Plenty more. But those yeah. are the ones I can think of. No, that's so. good. I like because it. Because the Lego movie, that's why I really started noticing that trope. And I started getting really irritated mm-hmm. and I was like so irritated they do, that they would do it especially in a kids movie when it's like we're trying to teach girls that they can like do anything they want yeah and having something like this that's sort of in their face where it's like oh it's a normal boring guy who's super average and not good at anything or remarkable in any way but yep. she's like an extraordinary person let's just make him yeah yeah, yeah. so that's a really good one do you have any more I have more but I think do you want do you want to like split this up and we'll do next? Sure, yeah, we can okay. talk more. I think we should get on to the movie. I'm really excited to talk right, about yeah. the movie. Okay. So today we're talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. And I wrote down like and all of the notes. So what did you think overall? I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Um yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Um I have to say, I think you're totally right. I think Leonardo DiCaprio did a great job. Like, I know. He did a great job. He is an actor, 
acting like an actor who is acting. Yeah, yeah. And it's phenomenal. And, of course, I love Leo. And I'm not just saying that because I'm like, Leo's so hot. That's not why I love him. I just, I'm a really big fan. I think he's talented. And that's where we way differ. But um, <laughs> We do differ, though. I'm a big fan. And when I was watching this movie, I thought, there's no way Lauren will dislike his performance. If she does, then I don't know anything. Like, I might as well just throw my TV out the window. <laughs> You're like, at this point, why do we even have a podcast? Yeah, yeah. what's the point? <laughs> my bad. Sorry. Just, okay, I hit the table with my elbow. Um, no, I, I liked it. I thought he did a good job. Um, I thought he was an interesting character. I actually think that the mo to me the most interesting character, the one I was really focused on, was Brad Pitt's character. Claire. Yeah, I like. I was like too. every time like something happened with him, I was like, "This fucking guy, what's he gonna do?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. I really liked his. I liked both of them. I liked the buddy story. Mm-hmm, me too. I liked. Oh, I have something about that everything too. about it. I the only thing, and I um, I'm still on the fence a little bit. I don't know how I feel about when Tarantino's, like, changing history stories. Yeah, that but that definitely took it in a way different... I love Inglorious Bastards, and Inglorious Bastards is so bonkers and batty that I don't mind that they, like, rewrote history and they said they killed Hitler in a theater. You know, I, I like all that. That doesn't bother me at all. But in this movie, specifically, um, at the end... The tone, the whole tone of the movie changed, and it suddenly got a narration. Yeah, and it became like a well, crime no, it story. Had a narration in the beginning. A very small narration That's true. Yeah. that disappeared for most of the last, like the second half of Act One, all through Act Two, and then all of a sudden in Act Three, it's like, oh, there's a narrator. Yeah, that is. Yeah, so kind of weird that they did that. And I found myself. This is gonna sound morbid. I think you'll accept me, but. <laughs> I found myself getting really excited because I thought they were going to do the Sharon Tate murder. Right. And I thought, wow, I've never seen a movie about this. This is going to be dark, you know. And I knew it was going to be violent, but I was kind of excited to see a movie adaptation about it. And and then it went totally off the rails. Yeah. And I don't dislike the ending. I liked it. I, I just was too. a little bit disappointed that they didn't do the actual story. Me too. But... So I'm, I don't mind that he, like, changes history, because it's called, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so that doesn't necessarily bother me. I just, I was kind of like, oh, I have to rethink this right. now, because it did not go where I thought it was going to go. Well, that's, like, how, when I was texting you during it, and I was like, oh, the guy that plays Charles Manson in this also plays Charles Manson in Mindhunter, and I was like, that means they're in the same universe, and you go... For now. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's about I was to like, get wild. ominous. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever seen The Love Guru? Yes, <laughs> once. There's, I think I okay. saw it with you, I've didn't I? have seen it like 40 times. I think I saw it in the theater <laughs> with you. It's like, I've seen that movie like legitimately like 40 times. Oh, really? I've seen it so many times. It's so stupid. I recognize it's not a great movie, but there's one part that makes me lose my shit every time. It's Justin Timberlake and he's on the ice. Oh no no it's not Justin Timberlake. It's the it's the other guy his like rival whatever anyway. But there is a part where Mike Myers comes out on the ice on like a like a magic carpet <laughs> and, and he says something to him and then he turns around and he goes I was being ominous just then and it makes me lose it every time. <laughs> so when Jeez. I was like reading that I was like ominous. <laughs> 
Yeah. Anyway, so I wanted to say that uh, that Cliff, uh, Brad Pitt's character, and Rick, who's Leonardo DiCaprio's character, their relationship was based after Burt Reynolds and his stunt double, Hal Needham. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I really like their relationship. I do, too. And I like that Brad Pitt... Is I I feel like he's sort of blacklisted or he's sort of blacklisted in Hollywood because of he allegedly killed his wife, which yeah. we don't actually see. Right. But we can surmise that he harpooned her, I guess. But um I like that he's okay to sort of just do odd jobs for Leonardo DiCaprio. Rick Dalton, I guess yeah. is his name. And he also uh he still like it like boosts his ego. Like when yeah. he got out of the car he was like, Hey, you're Rick fucking Dalton. And then <laughs> yeah. later that day, Rick, Rick He's like, was like... also, like, super chill. Yeah. Like, do you know, like, Cliff oh, is always, time. like, just so chill. Like, he's the chillest dude, you and know? And Rick was like, oh, do you want to watch my show, my FBI show? And he was like, yeah, I got beer. I thought we were going to order pizza. And I just think it's so endearing and yeah. heartwarming. Just that they're, like, buddies. He works for them, but they're still friends, you know? Like, well, and even after, you know, even after... Rick is like, hey, I can't afford you anymore, and I just got married, which is way later in the sh- in the movie. Um, they're still hanging out. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, they're yeah. friends. Like, it's it's really, I really like yeah. it. I love. Too. I'm a sucker for any sort of. I'm a sucker for relationship movies, be it friendships or love stories, if they're done well. But like one of the reasons I really love Stranger Things and Cloverfields and Adventureland and so many other things, just because like friendships, yeah. I really like. Watching frindships, and this movie was what? That <laughs> was sorry. Go on. No, I just, this movie was of all the surprises. It was a story of just a beautiful friendship, and See, I really like that. Okay, so like I said, I wanted to talk about community, so that's a perfect segue into that <laughs> because that's like deaf and the, and I've been trying to convince Sam to watch this show. You haven't seen any of it, right? I've seen. Like bits and pieces, I, maybe like three or four episodes total oh. ever. Okay, so so I know who the characters are ish, right? But I, you know, you're not, yeah. Okay, so like to me, I think the best part about that show, and I really want people to get to watch it. It's on Hulu, and it's a fantastic show. And I swear, I'm not selling Hulu right now. We don't have any ads in this podcast yet. I mean, hopefully that will be soon because you know. Making money's nice. <laughs> anyway, um, I ain't gonna <laughs> talk about your product for free much longer. Spotify. Just right? kidding. I love Spotify. I'll always talk we about it. We love Spotify. Um, no, community is. Uh, it's all about these. You know, these seven friends. But in particular, there's Abed, who is played by Danny Pudi, and. Donald Glover, who or um, Troy is played by Donald Glover, and they have the cutest relationship ever. Oh, like it's so adorable, and like they clearly love each other as friends like so much. Anyway, I'm not gonna plug it <laughs> like anymore. We'll get back to the movie, but I have to say, if you get a chance and you have Hulu, I would 100 like percent percent 100 percent 100 percent. Recommend that film. <laughs> I, oh my gosh. I did not expect you to say recommend. Recommend that film. <laughs> Ooh, holy. I'm glad crap. I could surprise that you. Still. Still. I almost, I went to Target tonight before 
you came over and I almost bought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> what? Jeez. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> think that funny. <laughs> when I said that we were married for... Oh, it was our last episode. Our Love Actually episode. That's right. You said we were married. You said we were married. We friend married. Anyway. Yeah. Laura and I met as friends, and we had a friendship for a while, and then we became friend engaged, which is the way you're supposed to do it. And then we got friend married. Make sure when you... I don't you friend, friend marry. Date. I don't friend marry somebody after the first date. When you friend date, make sure you friend date long enough to know that you want to get friend married to them. <laughs> the don't way you said that, the way you said that just reminded me of Jenna from Thirty Rock. I love her so oh. much. So anyway, oh I almost bought the movie oh. because. I saw it Saturday, and it's mm-hmm. Wednesday, and every day I thought about it, and every day I get, like, bigger hearts in my eyes about it. So, <laughs> I would recommend it. And I heard yeah, at least I was, I was two reviews. Today. Yeah, like, yeah. there was a DJ, a popular radio host in our town, who, Mike told me this, I didn't hear it firsthand, but who said it was really boring. And oh. my own father... Said it was terrible and boring. What? So I heard Blanchiment? both of those. Yeah, I heard both of those before I saw the movie. And as I was watching it, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. And I really liked. Like, I liked it too. I liked the whole thing. And the whole time I was watching it, I was like, am I watching the same movie as these people that don't like it? But yeah. I I don't know. I thought it was really good. I mean, I think that our tastes are. Oh, now I hear the music. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I don't That's know. Not... I think he was learning to play guitar recently because I feel yeah. I feel like he played the same like <laughs> I don't know chromatic scale over and over again. But now it sounds like he's <sighs> playing piano. And sometimes I don't know what they do. They have all the instruments. They had a really bad fight. <laughs> oh, um, did they? Uh, like the week before Christmas. They had a terrible fight. And you could, hear, could you hear what they were oh, saying? Oh, I could hear what they were saying. And at Do one point, you? the man said, all right, you cut me. I'm bleeding. <laughs> and I don't think... She, no, I mean, like, with her words. I don't think <laughs> she actually, yeah, yeah. like, no, cut no, him. No, yeah, I figured, I figured And then what I do when that happens, like any normal person, I mute the television <laughs> so I can hear them better. <laughs> like any normal... Yeah. And then... No, I would totally do too. I'd be like, wait, they're fighting. I gotta hear And them. then... <laughs> One of them slammed the door and presumably left, and I thought about calling down to keep it going. Like, hey, you didn't talk about this yet. No, I don't know. Anyway, they, they're they very loud. I hope they hear me right now. And they're Ugh. like, oh. Anyway, these so two. So loud. These two are famous wow. now. But anyway. Yeah. The famous next doors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they're right below me. Oh, the famous belowers. Yes. <laughs> belowers. Belowers. <laughs> Anyway, I love this movie. Yeah, I probably will buy it eventually. It's it's good, and yeah. I have some interesting. Did you have something that you want to talk about? I right do now? not. So I have. I mean, some, I will, but... An interesting tidbit that really surprised me. So, um, I'm watching the movie with Mike, mm-hmm. and we get to the scene where, so. There's a scene early where Charles Manson. You don't know he's Charles Manson. But, I mean, right. you can guess. 
goes up to the the residence where Sharon Tate and Rowan Polanski live, mm-hmm. and he like is looking for the previous tenants and Emil Hirsch. Yeah, Emil Hirsch's character Jay Sebring mm-hmm. says, "Oh, they don't live here anymore." And he he goes, "You can you know you've got to leave or whatever." And I knew it was Charles Manson because I know the story of Sharon Tate. Right. So. A little bit later in the movie, Brad Pitt takes the little hippie girl home to the pussycat. Pussycat back to the um, Spawn Ranch, Mm -hmm. the the movie studio where like the Manson cult lives or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Mike paused it and he said, "Are these women living in some sort of cult or something?" And I said, "Oh, Oh, didn't know the story." Well, he obviously knew who Charles Manson was, right? But he didn't really know who Sharon Tate was, and he did not know the story of Sharon Tate. Oh. So he was watching the movie with a totally different perspective, and I was so fascinated by that. But I didn't tell him. All I said was, oh, yeah, this is this is um, the, where the Charles Manson, like, cult lived. He, he, like, had all these young girls that he sort of, like, brainwashed. And he's like, oh, yeah, I knew who Charles Manson and was, kind of. Too. Yeah. yeah, but he didn't know the full story. I mean, I don't even really know the full full story, but... And and then I said, do you know the story of, like, Sharon Tate? And he's like, no. And he didn't know that at all. So it was really wow. fascinating. So then at the end of the movie, when it was, and I told him, I said, I'm not going to tell you because I don't know where this movie is going. So I don't want to ruin it right. for him. And at the end of the movie, we were talking about the ending. And I said, okay, so in real life, there, Sharon Tate and the people in her house get murdered, like, brutally. And he yeah. goes, oh. So it was really no. interesting. And so I wonder if people watching the movie, I wonder if there's a large group of people who don't know the story of Sharon Tate. Well, that's what Charles Manson. That's what I was talking about with um, my cubicle buddy, Josue. Hey, I said I'm going to call out. Well, I didn't, but (laughs) I thought he doesn't even listen anymore. Didn't he say he had a turn off of our episode? (laughs) I don't know. And I've never forgotten it. We're calling you out (laughs) on this podcast. (laughs) Anyway, he said that um, it was the same thing. He actually didn't know the story. And so one of the the issues that he one of the things that he mentioned is that he thought the part where Cliff Brad Pitt goes to see George Spahn is like a really weird part. I thought that was weird as well, yeah. actually. I, I didn't. I thought it was to me it was like, oh, he's checking on him because he wants to make sure he's not like tied up or he's hurt or these people are torturing oh, him. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that to me, that's my first thought was that I was like, this guy's worried that these people are like taking advantage of him and hurting him. That makes sense. Yeah. See, at the time <clears throat> I didn't actually put that quite together. So I was thinking, what is his motivation for doing this? Because that place is creepy. But I guess it makes sense. He was yeah. checking on him to make sure. I that... guess a lot of people. Did Mike say anything about that? Did he well, say anything about that particular scene? We did. We talked about how the motivate his motivation for like pushing himself into the home seemed really weird. Right. Because we didn't really know like how well did they actually know each other? And then the guy didn't even remember him, you know. Yeah. So I wasn't sure. But that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think... And because George was, like, in his 80s or something. He's, like, much older, you know? Mm-hmm. And Yeah. And especially, I think, what probably really rose some red flags to Cliff is that he's like, oh, George Spahn lives here. And the, the girls are all like, yeah, we take care of him. We take really yeah. good care of him. Like, I was like, the way that they were saying it was like, 
In what way? Well, then it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty clear with Dakota Fanning's character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, she looks so different. Yeah, I she's really didn't grown up. Her. Yeah, I like, I'd be actually. I think the only reason I knew it was her was because I saw her name in the credits, oh. and then it sort of came to me when I saw her character talking and everything. But I, if I didn't know she was in it, I don't know if I would have recognized yeah. her. I'm always, I've always been more of a fan of her sister. I think her sister has better, like, more interesting roles. And even this role, like, I do have something else to talk about in regards to this. Mm -hmm. So, um, something else that Mike and I talked about at length after the movie was he, he brought it up and and it segued into something else. But what he brought up was he thought it was really strange how Quentin Tarantino sexualized somebody that was supposed to be a minor. Like, the, the hippie oh, pussycat. pussycat or Like, she was, like, leaning into his car, and there was, like, big butt shots, and then she offered I to, like... I something to say about that. Go on, though. Well, she offered to, like, give Brad Pitt oral sex, and she was, like, sitting very, like, sensually, and I think... And I was talking to you about it, and I was like, well, I think part of it was to show, like, Brad Pitt, maybe he did kill his wife, but he's still kind of a moral character because he wouldn't have sex with her because he knew she wasn't over 18 but also it is really weird how sexy Quentin Tarantino made this presumable minor seem to the viewer right because she was very pretty and like I said and Mike pointed out there was like butt shots and like sex was offered and then I think and I, I agree like that's yeah I'm really I'm like nodding yeah. just like thinking people can see me but yes I understand I see what you yeah. mean yeah and then they get to the ranch and Dakota Fanning's character says that she had sex with George Spahn. And then you get there, you get back to the bedroom, and he is like old, and the bedroom is really gross. And I was thinking, this the women in this movie are not portrayed in the way that Tarantino usually portrays women. Um, Margot Rob- Robbie's Robbie? Margot Robbie's character. Yeah. Is a fine character, but I don't think she exudes any sort of like strength or toughness, really. I, I think, think she's just everyone, sort of like a tertiary yeah. character to tell the story. But the women on the ranch, none of them are like exceedingly tough or like street smart. Well, maybe street smart, but they just like most of his women characters, I feel like sort of kick ass. Mm-hmm. And this movie kind of took a turn, and he didn't really have that, and that surprised me. Well, so, okay, so as far as sexualizing the girl, the young girl, um, I do know that they're, the girls of the Manson family were encouraged by Charles Manson to, like, offer sexual favors oh, really? to men oh. to, to try and bring them into the family. Oh, to, to, make, them to the bring cult. them into the cult? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so she did keep why. saying to him, Charles, Charlie's going to love you. Yeah. Charlie's going to love you. That's why she was so over-sexualized. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should tell okay. him like that. Or well, I hope he, he can listen. listen. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I think, like, that was, it is a really strange thing to, like, sexualize a minor. Yeah. I did, a, I did a, couple, a little bit of research after this because I was like, I want to go in so knowing that, what I'm talking so about. So that's not know? a Tarantino thing. That's, like, a historical. That's a historical okay, thing, yeah. That makes a little more sense. Okay, and actually I do have something to say about, um, the way that she was portrayed, that Sharon Tate was, per- or, yeah, Sharon Tate was portrayed. Anyway, I read in rollingstone.com 
that it's a depiction that's fairly true to the real Tate, according to those who knew her best. And this is uh, in quote, she was so sweet, so kind, intelligent, and lighter than air in every way. And Margot did a beautiful job of portraying that. And end quote, Tate's sister Deborah had told Vanity Fair, adding that she cried when she heard Robbie's voice as Tate for the first time because, quote, she sounded so much like Sharon, I actually got to see my sister again. Oh, wow. End quote. I, then, really like, I read liked... that and I got, like, really touched by that. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, oh, that broke my heart a little bit. I really liked when she was, when she went to the movies to watch her movie and she was so happy when she the was, audience was reacting. Oh, my reacting. God, that part was so cute it's so it made good. me so happy yeah. like and she got all excited like during that scene where mm-hmm. she was like she was like doing the fighting too like yeah. in her seat um it was it's it and was then very everyone good. cheered and she was like yay yeah <laughs> i love oh i and love she, margo and she just like she was so friendly with the theater staff even though yeah. they didn't fully know who she was she like just had she was extreme so grace sweet. under yeah. i guess that circumstance yeah she was so sweet um which makes her story like, all the more, even, like, even sadder, intense, you know? Yeah. Oh, so I did want to say that um, Dakota Fanning's character, yeah, Dakota Fanning's character, um, her name is, so her nickname is Squeaky, and the reason she was called that... Uh-oh. <laughs> I thought I knew when we were watching it why she's probably called Squeaky. <laughs> when George would touch her, she'd squeak. Oh, that's not why. <laughs> oh, okay. I just, he was, like, on such a, like, loud springy bed, I thought that was why. No. Anyway. anyway. But she actually had tried to kill Gerald Ford. Really? Yeah, she tried to shoot Gerald Ford, oh and she gosh. went to prison for it. She wow. She begged Charles Manson to come to her trial because she was, like, so obsessed with him. Yeah. She was. <laughs> yeah. That's so the Manson she had, thing. Is she actually was not. So bizarre. She did not ha- have any attachment to the Manson murder. She did not kill anyone. Because um, that was only three people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's what they. Well, and then there was um, another set of murders called the La-, La Bianca murders. And I think there might have been a couple more people in that. But that's, I mean, that's not. It's not really in relation to this movie, so I don't really necessarily want to bring it up, you know. But, um, but <clears throat> yeah, so Squeaky had uh, tried to kill Gerald Ford. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Is, I, like, I, this... I just, it, it's like, and it's, it's really interesting because Charles Manson, first of all, he had such a fucked up childhood, like they all do, but, like, all the serial killers, serial killers do. I mean, he wasn't a serial killer because he didn't actually ever kill anyone. He but, just had people kill yeah. for him. Okay. But um, I mean, like the guy was like five foot three, like this. Oh, tiny really? Little, like this tiny. That's my dude. height. Yeah, he was like this tiny little dude. But I guess he was extremely charismatic, and the way, but the way that he would like get people to to brainwash them is that he would give them LSD, and he would like talk to them while they're tripping out so he's like able to like manipulate and like get into their brains while they're super high hmm. and convince them of whatever he wants them to because he wouldn't get high he oh. would stay yeah so it's so weird yeah so anyway i did a bunch of research i listened to a bunch no, of podcasts no i think that's and, interesting um i listened to morbid podcasts thank you ladies for doing that episode it was great <laughs> so i <clears throat> Just to switch gears, I think we're definitely going to come back yeah. to the Manson thing. But um, something about this movie, and I, I don't know how to say this any other way. It's going to sound kind of cliche, but 
I've never been to California, but I feel like this movie was like a very California-feeling movie, and I really liked that about yeah. it. Like, they had multiple scenes of, like, Brad Pitt and the guy who played Roman Polanski, like, speeding around these really curvy, like, yeah. hills and valley roads, and I thought that was pretty cool. And I loved, like, the movie set. Like the the sound lot or whatever. You I know? love the like western. Yeah, set. I love those western sets. I, every time we see I them, I know like, me too. So cool. When we were watching. We were watching the movie. I said to Mike, "I would really love to tour a studio lot. <laughs> me too. I would love to see like this <laughs> fake <too>. town." <laughs> so I really and I liked. I think there's something also, and I I see it in Quentin Tarantino because I've seen it in his other movies, and I think he just loves movies. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Big I time. love. That I love movies about making movies because I think people who make them just have a deep passion for cinema, yeah. and that warms my heart. I just I, I can't not enjoy it, and yeah. I I really really like that because I and I I recently I listened to a podcast that Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio were on, and they were talking about how. Quentin Tarantino is so smart about movies. Like, you could give him some obscure trivia, and you could say, who was the sound editor on this French movie in the 1930s, but not the one that ended up working, the one that got fired, you know, and he would know <laughs> he would it. would know. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And so I just, I think his love for movies and music, all of that, like that, those two medias, I think really shines through in all his movies, but maybe... His love of movies, none more than in this one. Yeah. And I, I really appreciated that about it. You know, I think I might like Tarantino more than I thought I did. <laughs> because I didn't... Well, when I was younger, I didn't really like him. I think my tastes have changed significantly since I was in my teens. Um, it certainly got a lot more violent. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. A lot more bloody, a lot more violent. Um, but now I'm kind of like... I remember like not really being super into Kill Bill, and, like, I liked Pulp Fiction, but I could take it or leave it, you know? But I do remember liking Django Unchained. Okay. I like that one. Actually, I did think Leonardo DiCaprio did a good job in that one, whatever. Oh, story's changing. <laughs> you know, leave me alone. <laughs> and I love Titanic. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a Tarantino movie. <laughs> no, it is not. It's a James Cameron movie. Yeah. yeah. Something I really have always loved about Tarantino, because... Unlike you, I've always liked his movies. <laughs> um, is his dialogue it has a specific cadence, and I love it. It's yeah. magical. He writes them too, doesn't he? He writes them, and he just has this ear, and I think it's it's just a beautiful thing. It's 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 like its own form of poetry, yeah. and it's really tight, and it's it's well done. And Mike and I have talked about this, and I think sometimes he borders into like soliloquies in a sort of a pretentious way so I don't think it's always I don't think the subject matter is always good 100% of the time I think sometimes he's like looking at himself in the mirror <laughs> when he does it you know yeah so it's you know like anything else it has it sort of Did ebbs and flows <laughs> but I think overall he has an amazing talent <laughs> For just creating his own ver his own version of poetry with his movie dialogue, and I I, agree. I really like it. Yeah, I I liked the movie. I I was not surprised that I liked it though. I was pretty sure that I was going to. Yeah. Um, 
And of course, I loved little Julia Butters, <laughs> who's the cutest human being on the planet. She plays Anna Cat in American Housewife, yeah. which we both love. Her character in American Housewife is one of my favorites. <laughs> I love her on the so show. much. But she was so. I loved her. Like, I was like. I'm like, she's got, like, confrontational skills that I wish I had. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this little um, girl is like, I do not like to be called pumpkin puss, but we'll talk about it later when you're less upset. And I was like, she's be- amazing. Before before we watched the movie, I told Mike, I was talking to Mike about movie tropes, and we were going to talk about tropes. Yeah. And we had a little bit of a discussion. And then when she showed up and started talking to him, Mike said, this is one of the tropes I don't like. It's precocious children. <laughs> and I tend to agree with him. I don't like children who like outsmart adults. I don't adults. Really either. But I think she gets away with it because she's a Hollywood child. Yeah. In the movie, she's supposed to be like a kid who didn't have a normal childhood. She yeah. She was probably yeah. raised by stage parents, you know? Oh, and, I mean, she's eight years old, and she's actually yeah. she's like a big part in the movie. And so Mike and I show. kind of talked about that, too. He said, yeah, she didn't have a normal childhood, you know? And so I, I think it works for her character to be like that because she's not a normal kid, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. But she, but she doesn't do it in a way that's, like, really annoying either. Like, it's it's in a way where you're like, this kid's kind of cool. I know? love it. I love it how she tells him she wants to be called her character's name. And then later, when he does that thing and he throws her on the floor, yeah. after they get cut, he uses her character's name, and I think it's so cute. Is it, like, Matilda, I think? Mar- Maricela. Mar- Maricela. Maricela? Yeah. He's like, I hope I didn't hurt you there. And she said, I wear padding! And she was she's so excited! So I, I loved know. it. I really liked Their it. Their relationship was adorable. <laughs> like, when they were filming and they were like, and she was like, oh, yeah, that one, okay, that one part, he said a joke. Luke Perry said a joke. And then oh, yeah. I like it I wasn't that funny. I can't re- even remember what yeah. the joke was, but I was like, do I just like not get it? Yeah, like, I, I, like, I don't think, think this is funny. I don't like, think it was, it was funny. But they were like laughing in the way that they were laughing. I was like, this is pretty cute. I think <laughs> like, something clever about it was that the joke was a joke within the movie they were making, but right. in the movie that they were actually in, we are not privy to that humor. <laughs> yeah. The movie is very like meta, I think. Yeah, it was it's like a movie about a movie. Right. And an actor acting acting. You right. Know, yeah, and then like, and then like, okay, so that part where where um, Rick forgot his lines and he was like in his trailer having like a oh, breakdown, gosh, yeah. and he's like, he's like, you could have had three fucking whiskey sours and said you had eight fucking whiskey sours, and then he's like starts drinking on the flask and he's like, sorry, probably no, it's okay, but I um, oh, go ahead. he was no, I just. There's, like, these little, like, bits and pieces in Tarantino movies that are funny. You know, and I like that. I like the, like, comedy within the drama. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes it interesting. I really enjoyed the overarching message of him sort of being past his prime. Me too. But no one is more hard on him than he is to himself. Mm-hmm. It seems like everyone he works with has the utmost respect for him. They all, like his performances and what I think is so brilliant is I feel like I'm talking like somebody in a um like a DVD commentary <laughs> yeah. where like oh such a brilliant performance but in this performance what him the Oscar I love <laughs> yes exactly I love that when he's Rick Dalton he has kind of like a tick like he has like a weird blinking tick and he has sort of a stutter but as soon as he is 
on set and acting, he's a totally different person. I noticed that too. But then as soon as that ends, he's back to Rick Dalton and he just flips it back and forth. Yeah. And he has and this like different posture. Yes. Too. Like he's like more like shrunken down when he's Rick Dalton. Yeah. But yeah, no, I noticed it's that too. Really good a really phenomenal performance. And also I, I really like how we are all so introspective of ourselves. Like right. no one is crueler to us than we are to ourselves. And so when you're watching him and when the people in the movie were watching him, they could see his talent, but he couldn't see it because yeah. just the simple fact that there were younger people who were sort of taking over, which isn't necessarily saying he's bad. It's just, you know, he's not in his prime anymore. Right. I mean, well, and, and I think, well, okay. So like, I don't know, I guess was Rick Dalton kind of considered a heartthrob? I assume so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it too, is that. You know, like, when you come on the scene as a heartthrob, which he did, although he did have a bunch of other movies under his belt before he started Titanic, and that's kind of really what made him the heartthrob. But, um, like, unless, whereas Leonardo DiCaprio has had a very successful career in all sorts of different roles, someone who comes onto the screen as a heartthrob and they play, like, a specific part over and over again... Um, when you start to realize that, like, oh, I'm getting in my 40s, I'm getting in my 50s, whatever, you know, like, no one really wants me as, like, a cute teen heartthrob yep. anymore, I'm getting too old. Exactly. I can see how he would just be, like, it just, drag, it just drags him down. He mm -hmm. feels like he's not good enough, he feels like he's not worth it, and the reality of it is, is that he is, but he's just not as young as he used to be. Yep, exactly. You know? and, I, and that happens to a lot of actors, I think, nowadays, where, um... You know, they are very famous, and they're very famous for a short while, and then all of a sudden they disappear, and then they go off the deep end, mm -hmm. you know? And, I don't know, like, do you ever think about, like, what happened to, like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Because <laughs> I think about him every now and then, I'm like, what is he doing? Hmm. I, kind of at thing. the risk that JTT may be listening, I don't think about him. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have wondered, because, like, they started playing... I'm not, like... No, I mean, I'm like, just kidding. I was specifically just him, yeah. but also, like... No, <laughs> I'm mainly joking, because they have started playing Home Improvement on syndication again, and I have found myself thinking, like, does he just have a job that he goes to every day? Does he work in an office or something? And does he say, like, like are people, like, don't get stuck in the break room with Jonathan, because he'll just start talking about his days in Hollywood, the glory days. <laughs> That's, like, it makes me wonder... Uh, with people like that, just any celebrity that's like that, where they were really famous, and then they're just, I'm like, what do they do? Do they, like, like, I always imagine them, like, working in a coffee shop for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Like, they're just, like, they don't really have life skills, and they're kind of, like, working <laughs> at a place that's, like, you know, like, you're learning this one. I'm not saying that, like, baristas aren't talented or anything, because you guys make amazing coffee, love it, like, please keep doing what you're doing, but I'm just saying... It's not like you need to go to school for a trade or anything, you know. Um, they're just like... I think I have to go to Starbucks school. Just kidding. <laughs> Star no, Starbucks school. I know what you mean. All of the coffee places have to go to Starbucks school. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting. I've, I have thought about that about some actors or actresses that have sort of disappeared. Yeah, like yeah. What, what happened to you, you know? Mm -hmm. How do they make money, you know? They, just, they work like the rest of us. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be funny, though... Working in a place where you're like, you remember that guy from that movie? And then people are like, yeah, I remember him. What happened to him? And you're like, he works over there. Yeah, that's him. 
over there. Like, can you believe it? Former heartthrob. <laughs> hey, Jonathan, how are you doing? <laughs> it was like, I just brought you, like, a muffin. Like, I hope you like it. Oh, you're married. That's weird. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Isn't it weird to think, this is going way off the rails, but I sometimes think about, like, teachers I had. Uh-huh. When I was in first grade, I had a teacher, and she her name was Mrs. Blank, and she was very young. She was, like, young and pretty and fun. And now she's probably pretty old because, I mean, that was, I don't know, 30 years ago. And she was probably 25. Oh, my God. That's so she's, crazy. She's probably almost 60 now. That's crazy. And I think every day of my life, she lived a day. So all the things I went through, she went through, like, a whole lifetime. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It's like, well, and that that's actually called, um, there's a certain term for that. It's called sonder. Oh it's yeah, when you start like, no, like, like when the, the realization that other people yeah. have rich, like yep. interesting lives outside mm-hmm. of your own, and it's funny how we like don't really think of that. And yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you are a person that's rich. Like, like I sort of like not like you, like not no, like your friends, but you no. like just a random stranger. No, I know like, exactly oh, yeah, what I mean. You are yeah. a person that has their own trials and tribulations. Yeah. I don't know. I think about, I was thinking about, I'm going to take this to a pretty dark place, okay. but the movie went there. So, <laughs> yes, um, I did read the Wikipedia page about the Manson murders. Okay. And I was thinking about how that night, outside of the movie, in real life, has a reality. And that's terrifying. Yeah. Like, in reality, these people were just at their home. And psychopaths came and murdered them. Yeah. And it's, like, really disturbing. It's, I mean... Like, these were real people. Dude, and, and I have... Uh, terrifying. Like, the, with the whole Sharon Tate thing, so she was eight and a half months pregnant. Yeah. So she was super pregnant. And she was begging them to, like... Like, she's like, take me, take me hostage, just let me have my baby, and then you can kill me after. Oh my gosh, really? They killed her. I yeah. didn't see. I just read the Wikipedia <sighs> page and I skimmed it because I... I've heard that, like, multiple places, okay. and I was like, damn. And, like, she and they was, didn't like, even kill her for her mom near the end and everything. Oh, my gosh. I know. They didn't even kill <sighs> them because they had a vendetta against them. It was the the house. It was, okay, because so the actually, people before yeah, them it was had turned Terry down. Melcher. Yeah, because, sorry, <laughs> didn't you? No, so, um, the family had lived with somebody, Dennis Wilson, who was part of the Beach Boys, and actually, he stole one of Manson's songs, um... And he, like, yeah, I wrote it down. Hold on. It's, um, let's see. He, let's see. He stole the song Never Learn Not to Love, but the Manson song was called Cease to Exist. So he, like, changed the name. Like, that's pretty shitty. Anyway, so they lived with Dennis Wilson, and um, then he had, he was friends with Terry Melcher, and who lived in the Polanski house originally. And Terry Melcher was kind of like, I'm not interested in your work. I'm not interested in your music. And Manson took that to a whole new level. And yeah, and he <clears throat> and he basically just like attacked a bunch of people that were at this home. Just because was, it was the house, not the people. And they were, well, yeah. they were trying to create a race war. They were trying to make it so it looked like it was the Black Panthers that were responsible for oh, the geez. murder. Oh my yeah. Gosh. So then when they did the um, the La Bianca murders too, which I know I didn't say I'd really get into, but they were um, 
they were trying to like they were like writing on the walls or something to try and make people think that it was the Black Panthers. Oh, okay. So it was like a racially motivated, but it was also like a personally motivated murder. And I mean, it didn't have to make any sense because it's murder. It doesn't have to make sense, (laughs) you know. Like it can just happen, right? Um, and yeah, so. So I like um I like that Quentin Tarantino is sort of like taking back history and saving the day. Yeah. And I really, I mean, the ending, the violence was so gruesome. <laughs> Dude. But I love, there are oh multiple God. things that I really liked. I really liked when, oh. um, when they drove up and they were just idling and Leonardo, and Rick Dalton, Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> gets so pissed off and he's like mixing up margaritas and he walks out with the full blender. He was drinking out And of he the was blender. like, he just starts berating them and saying, you know, c- accusing them of just coming up to try to get high on the cul-de-sac. And he's like, it's a private road. And he drinks out of it and he's like, get out of here. And he like hits their car. I love that. And then they leave. And then later when they're attacked, when they drive back up, he's, yeah. Sitting in the pool listening to music, and Mike and I really enjoyed this because he was listening to like Snoopy versus the Red Baron for a second. <laughs> I, I don't even. And, um, I didn't even know there was a band. <laughs> it's a song. Okay. <laughs> but, um, Never mind. <laughs> um, I didn't even know there was and a I song. And I just think I just the comedy of him with headphones on listening to any music, but that music in particular, while something happens behind him, <laughs> really is funny. And then later, after the fact, when. Um, Jay Sebring comes down yeah. from the Polanski house and goes, what happened? Leo, Leo is like, I torched a hippie in my pool! <laughs> and I love it! It's so good! It's that, so good! Oh my god, that scene in the beginning, when he's like, he's like, oh, this is really hot, and he's like holding the flamethrower, and he goes, can we do something about the heat? And the guy's like, it's a flamethrower! Yeah. I love that! Made me actually laugh out loud. Oh, it's, yeah. Oh, and Mike noticed when uh, when Brad Pitt's character went to fix the antenna, and the, the flamethrower was in like the flamethrower was in like his little supply cabinet on his property. Oh. And Mike was like, "There's a flamethrower from oh. the movie." So then it came back in when Leo went and got it and got torched yeah. the woman. I also really liked. What a way to die. Yeah, can you imagine? She like died brutally. Yeah, they all did. Like, I, oh um, yeah. I mean, I think if I was going to die anyway, I think having your head bashed in would probably be the best because it's the quickest. It's so quick. <laughs> yeah. It was very, I mean, I expected it to be violent because that's his, sort of his that shtick. was but, horrible, yeah. though, that head bashing. I had my hands over my eyes. I was like, nope, mm, nope. Yeah, like, no. And you know normally that stuff doesn't necessarily bother me, but that was, like, too much. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, God, okay. Ugh, yeah. It was, it was intense. But I, I feel like maybe, like, Tarantino was, like, using it to get his demons out about maybe his anger at them. Maybe, I don't know if he's, like, in my head, I sort of wondered if he was, a ter- like, a Sharon Tate fan. Mm-hmm. And he just, like, wanted to have retribution for the horrible things that happened to her and retribution mm-hmm. for all the people that the Manson family killed. But, they were I don't know. They a terrible group of people. I really liked when uh, Brad Pitt beat up the hippie guy and made oh him change God. his tire. I mean, Clem. that's gross. He... he <laughs> got pretty violent, but I really like that Brad Pitt is like, oh, and I'm jumping all over because I'm really excited, but when he is fixing the antenna, he, like, jumps from the wall to the roof because he's a stuntman, yeah. so he has all these skills. Yeah. yeah, I like how that came into play, but I, I just like, like that he can the... take care of himself, like he can handle yeah. himself. He's 
He's very, he was very cool. But, okay, so the guy, well, he was cool and scary, but, um, so the guy that he beat up, Clem, mm-hmm. is, was his name, was a real person. Really? Was a real person, yeah. And he actually, like, I guess he killed someone, but something happened and basically they were like, um, what? Oh my god, I wish I could remember this. Basically what the verdict was was that the judge said that he was too stupid to know what he was doing. What? Yeah. Oh like my he gosh. was like this guy's like he like I would imagine that Clem probably had the um IQ level of like seventy, which oh is like gosh. very, very low, below average. Um I think like a hundred is average or something. So yeah, he like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean basically the verdict was the judge was like, No, he's dumb. Interesting. Did the <laughs> yeah. three people who actually committed the murders they go to prison and everything? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was I something sure else is. that I really liked when they were watching him and Rick Dal- Rick Dalton and Cliff mm-hmm. were watching Rick's FBI show. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick jumps out of the truck and Cliff goes, Oh, it's a nice jump. Like he's complimenting his stunt skills <laughs> and then he's like <laughs> Uh-oh, here comes trouble. And it's just so cute, the way he I sort know. of, like, boosts his ego. And... Cliff is, like, Rick's biggest fan. Yeah, I really, I really like. They were just, their buddies. Yeah. It was bromantic. It was really good. Bromantic as hell. <laughs> I like also the historical figures that showed up, like Mama Cass, and Michelle Phillips, yeah. and um, Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, yeah. And Rowan Polanski, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and Who else was there? Uh, I feel like there was other people at that party. There was... Oh, Bruce Lee. Oh, yeah, Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people, I guess, complained that, um, he, his port- portrayal was kind of racist. Of Bruce Lee? Um, yeah. And that people were, didn't like that the way that they, that Tarantino had made him such, like, um, like a bragger. Because I guess that in real life, Bruce Lee was really humble and he was like, yeah, I can't defeat Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, because Muhammad Ali would beat me, hmm. basically. And people were upset because they were like, well, Bruce Lee wasn't really like that, so why did you portray him like that? So, Interesting. Yeah. Um, I am very unfamiliar with Bruce Lee, so I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen any of his movies. So, yeah. Yeah, anyway. I, don't, I don't know either. But, um, so you know that the Manson family was really obsessed with the Beatles? Yeah, like the Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter. Yeah, I knew yeah. that, yeah. But they wrote in the La Bianca murders, which I keep bringing up. They wrote <laughs> Remember <one> earlier <laughs> when you said the La Bianca murders, which I won't be talking about too much yeah, here. I know, right? Um, one of the girls wrote Helter Skelter in blood on the wall, but she spelled Helter wrong. <laughs> So I wrote Hilter Skelter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like, you idiot. Sounds like he specialized in stupid people. Maybe he did. Well, I guess it's easier, like... It's easier to, to dominate manipulate somebody someone. who's... Uh, it's, I've heard it's very easy to manipulate smart people, too, though. I guess that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Like, it's not... You prey on their ego or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you want to talk about the foot fetish thing? Oh, yeah, you wanted to talk about that. (laughs) I didn't want to talk about it, but I think that it's important to say that Tarantino definitely has a foot fetish, okay? I have proof, okay? I have evidence, and I'm going to bring it up, and I'm going to show it to you, and you're going to be like, oh, my God. I hope there's something about the La Bianca murders. (laughs) (laughs) It's called, it's from Ranker.com, and it's the title of the 
article is called The Most Obvious Quentin Tarantino Foot Fetish Scenes. So, the first one definitive. is from Dusk Till Dawn. I never saw that. I never saw that movie. That's a terrible movie. Okay. I would not see it. So, Santanico, who's played by Salma Hayek, um, puts her foot on the... No, she... Okay. It sounds like she you know puts what you're talking her, about. I, I did see it, <laughs> but like kidding. once, because it was terrible. She puts her like foot in Quentin Tarantino's mouth and then pours beer down her leg into his mouth. Oh, okay. okay. So there's that one. There's Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. I've seen that one. <laughs> You've seen that one? Okay. Mm-hmm. Where um, she, I don't know, has her feet on the table, I guess, or whatever. There's yeah, death, there you go. Death, oh, death are, you ta- are you saying that a character puts her feet on a table and that I means saying, he has a foot fetish? <laughs> Listen, would you just... Okay. It was like, look, they did that to two different feet Did you see Jackie Brown? And I did not see Jackie Brown. So we don't know if it's a sexy foot placement or just a regular <laughs> foot placement. Because I don't remember that scene. Okay, in Death Proof, there's foot licking. I've seen Death Proof, but I don't remember that. But I believe it probably happened. Ugh, gross. Um, and there's the barefoot cab driver, female barefoot cab driver in Pulp Fiction. Oh. There's Londa Cinderella in the Glorious Bastards. La- oh, Hans Landa. Um, yeah, Bridget loses her shoe. And Oh, Bridget von There's Hammersmark. like all these close-ups of Bridget's foot and Landa's nimble fingers. Who's I Landa? forgot about that. Is that played it's, by Christophe? Yeah, okay. yeah. So she she's in this like little cafe where they're like it gets like blown up through various for various reasons, and she leaves a shoe, so that's how they tie it, that she's a spy. Oh, Cinderella, okay. Let so her see. shoe is there, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, the Pulp Fiction contest where she's dancing barefoot, um, okay. with Herman. I actually like. I don't know if you're trying to. I don't know if you're trying to shock me, but <laughs> I'm not trying to shock you. Trying to prove if it. If you were listening, if you were like. Reasons why Quentin Tarantino loves vaginas and it's just like <laughs> all these bare vaginas in all his movies. I'd be like, yeah, Quentin's kind of a weirdo because he's like throwing vaginas into these movies, but it's just feet. So I'm not okay. like put off by it. You can keep I, going. I don't know. I'm done. I'm done. Um, no, I also, just. I never thought I'd say vagina that many times, but I did. And you I did it say again. it one more time for good yeah, measure. <laughs> um, no, I just. <laughs> I. Like, he showed so many close-ups of, like, Margot Robbie's feet. The and dirty like pussy. Feet was... And that was... Well, like, and I guess she walked around barefoot a lot, so that wasn't, like, necessarily out of character or anything. So how does that show he has a foot fetish? <laughs> her character Because he has a lot of close-ups of his feet. And then also I read a BuzzFeed article where this girl supposedly slept with him and he wanted to suck on her toes and masturbate. <laughs> Did well, I tell you about the time it. that I went to dinner with Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> and did he also want to suck on your feet? He wanted to suck on my feet. And I said, you have a fetish, sir. Sir. Good day. Mr. Tarantino. Tarantino. <laughs> Tarantino. Lena. I don't know. I feel like in, in the grand scheme of fetishes, that doesn't, it doesn't really bother me that somebody no, I'm has not, a foot fetish. I'm not, Okay. I'm not saying it should bother you. I'm just saying oh, he has one. I'm That's sorry. what I'm saying. Okay. I was looking at it from the <laughs> I don't know why you... Well, because, yes, no, because yesterday you texted me and you said, we need to talk about his foot fetish because it's really showing and it's gross. <laughs> it is gross. But I was like, I is like it gross? Feet. I don't know. I just don't like feet. I don't... 
I guess. I don't. I don't think feet are. I don't mind feet. I don't. Okay, ears. Yeah, I think see, ears I are kind of gross. What? It's like if he showed close-ups of like ears a lot, that might gross oh, ear, me out. Really? Oh yeah, you kind of have a thing I have of like a weird ear thing. Yeah. So I can see. I guess if I think about my ear thing, but instead of ears, it's feet. Then I guess it kind of makes sense why you would be grossed out. I just what, what we have to learn is to see things from other people's <laughs> yes, perspectives. Exactly. No, I wasn't trying to shock you. I was trying to oh, prove to you that I'm he sorry. had one. Okay, that is interesting. But the Thank dirty you. feet, like. Mike even pointed out that he showed, like, dirty feet yeah. multiple times in yeah. the movie, and it was kind of weird. I got a little mad at Pussycat because I thought, are you going to clean that window for him? Because oh my she put feet right on the window. Dude, well, like, I told you about how there's that song where there's a, like, put your pretty feet up on my dash. <laughs> like, it's a country song. <laughs> I could tell because I only <laughs> sang it in the country yeah, voice. Um, <laughs> which... Um, the second I hear those lyrics, I turn it off because it makes me so angry because every time I hear that song, I go, if someone was in my car and they put their nasty ass feet on my dash, they're about to find themselves with no feet. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't oh. put myself in situations where I will accidentally hear a country song, so maybe you should try that. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I kept hearing it at my old job. That's mm, what it was. Because yeah. they would play the radio. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I couldn't choose what I wanted to listen to. So, every time it came in, I'd be like, oh, my God, I hate that song so much. <laughs> it <laughs> like, sounds like a good song. Breathe. <laughs> oh, it's just so dumb. And then so, she sings it, too. So, I'm like, so you're saying that you want him to put his nasty-ass hobbit feet on their dash? Like, they're not pretty. <laughs> I just... Well, yeah. hobbit feet. We didn't um, talk about hobbit feet. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just, I no, just assume that all men have hobbit feet because my father does. What? <laughs> That's not true. I know, I just... <laughs> well, I mean, your dad might, but I don't think all men my have hobbit feet. My dad definitely has hobbit feet. <laughs> He's I... got, like, very thick-soled feet. <laughs> oh, yeah, like yeah. mega callus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. He's got the hobbit. The I worked hobbit with feet. a guy once, a long time ago, who he sat near me and he was, one day, was like... Yeah, but, you know, barefoot is best. We were meant to not wear shoes, and I thought, well, that, I don't, that might be the case, but I still would rather wear shoes. I don't Like, around care. my apartment is different, you know, because that's my oh, apartment. Yeah. But, yeah, no, in public, like, Mm-mm. I mean, sometimes I take off my shoes. Well, a lot work, of, a like, lot of diseases start in your feet. Like, if you go, if you think we should be barefoot, you should go walk around a locker room with bare feet. <laughs> right, there's like all that athlete's foot just yeah. waiting to settle into your so, feet. So anyway, okay, so... So yeah, not Quentin trying to shock Tino you, trying to put yeah. mm-hmm. And that's interesting, mm-hmm. of all the fetishes. Also, I think it's a little bit off-putting. I'm just going to put myself out there. Like, if you put yourself in a predicament... And it's consensual, okay? If you put yourself in a predicament to have consensual consensual sex with somebody, I don't think you can judge them for, like, their weird, kinky desires. If it makes you uncomfortable, yes. then you should say, I'm uncomfortable, I don't think I want to sleep with you anymore. I but I don't think, I mean, like, I don't know no, whose like- sympathy you're trying to get from me by being like... So I went out, and I was going to sleep with Quentin Tarantino, and then he wanted to lick my feet and masturbate. And I'm like, well, you agreed to have sex with the guy, so you can't be weirded out when something turns him on. Like, yeah. if it doesn't turn you no, on, then, I totally you know, agree. exit the room. Just say, I'm not into this. But right. Otherwise, I don't, I don't think it's fair to say someone's weird because they have a strange sexual fantasy 
<laughs> also, I, I mean, there are weird, articles. there are weird sexual fantasies, but I mean, that doesn't seem, that one doesn't seem as weird as it could have been, you know? I mean, yeah, there's yeah. like, you know, coprophilia, I think, which is, I don't know what that poop. is. I think it's oh, poop, yeah. I'm glad you told me. I was just going to say, <laughs> don't tell me, but you said it anyway. <laughs> there's, there's a scene in, um, that, that show, What We Do in the Shadows, mm-hmm. and they have, like, the big, like, barren vampire that's, like, really old coming to visit them, and they're sitting at a bar, and he's like, you know what I've always wanted to try? And Matt Berry's character goes, coprophilia. Oh, <laughs> and he goes, no, a piece of pizza. And then, like, as he's talking, and then he stops talking, he's like, I just want a big old pizza. Did you just say coprophilia? <laughs> <laughs> Gross. It's a pretty funny show, but um, I've seen the movie. I've yeah, seen I want to see the movie. Yeah. Um, werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> I need to see it. That's from the movie. Oh, oh, I wanted to talk about um, Brad Pitt and his acid uh, cigarette. Oh yeah, because <laughs> that was really funny. So. Um, when I was watching it and he goes and he takes his dog for a walk and then he comes back and he's like talking to Doug and he's like gesturing and then he starts like waving <laughs> yes. his hand back and forth yes. under the lights. Mm-hmm. At first I was like, what is he doing? Cause I like momentarily forgot that he had taken the acid. Then I was like, oh shit, the acid's kicking good. So yeah. that whole scene where he was super calm with those people breaking in is cause he was just like ridiculously high. He didn't know if they were real or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's like pointing his finger gun at the like at Tex or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, I um, that scene was it was kind of funny. For how dark it was, it was pretty funny. I, I think they did a good job because sometimes I think scenes where characters are like high or drunk can get they can be borderline where it's like I'm not amused by this, but yeah. I thought they did a really good job. Sometimes and it was heightened because I was worried that him being high was going to make the situation worse, but it actually made it better. Yeah, it was, I, I don't know, I was, I was like, not worried about it for some reason the entire time. I was like, eh, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it'll work out. <laughs> um, plus, I don't know, that Cliff dude is like, if he actually beat up Bruce Lee, yeah. like, yeah. he is a strong and very quick guy. He can He's, take care of himself. Yeah, he'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> That's and exactly what I was like, not worried. The one scene where, like, a woman was a tough woman was the Italian, Leo's new Italian wife punched one of the intruders. (laughs) Yeah. And she immediately, like, ran into the bedroom, but still, like, she... Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you gotta... Why why stay in the situation? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. Um, But, yeah, that was, that was funny. And I, (laughs) I kept thinking as, uh, when they showed his dog, Brandy, all I could think of is, why would you cut those precious little ears? Oh, yeah. It bums me out so much when people cut put bolt ears. It's like, why? I don't know why people dock tails either. I don't don't either. I don't like it. It's like, it's natural. It is. And I've heard that dogs, you know, like, dogs that have docked tails, their socialization with other dogs can be affected because the tail sort of shows if they're, like, in a good mood or not, you know? Right, yeah, that's like teeth bearing if someone's bearing your teeth all the time. So I don't know why they would dock ears. I don't know. People are weird. I don't don't get it either, and it's like, I don't think it's, like, an attractive quality to put on a dog, and also it's like, why? Yeah. It's like like mutilating your own ears. I mean, it's like cutting off part of your ear. Like, that's mm-hmm. essentially, you know, like, it would look weird on a human. Why would you do it to a dog? Yeah. Anyway, that's my own personal thing. It just really bothered me because I hate seeing that <laughs> on pit bulls. It really, like, it, it, like, hurts me. You know what I yeah. mean? It, like, makes me feel sad. Oh, yeah. 
and you reminded me of something else. Mike pointed this out. It's a really See, good detail. We about- yeah. <laughs> it's a really good like- detail because they established early in the movie when Brad Pitt is feeding the dog the first time. Mm-hmm. He was like, don't make a noise till I say you can eat. Because if you whine, I'll throw it away. I'll throw your food away. Well, the dog hears the intruders coming up. Uh-huh. And so the dog is torn because Brad's about to feed him, but he wants to <laughs> bark. But then he barks because he knows that somebody is coming. So I really like that. Yeah. Like, the dog is <laughs> even a doing good a good act. Like, the yeah. dog is a good actor. The dog is a great actor. So, yeah. <laughs> and then Mike pointed out also that he he follows hand gestures because he was uh-huh. going to attack and Brad Pitt, like, put his hand up. So and he, it was like, like a whistle, down. too, that he yeah. followed. Yeah. So I yeah, thought that was, was really cool. That was a scary, like, mm-hmm. that was an attack dog. Like, what a, like, what a cute dog. That yeah. was a sweet dog. It was, it was oh, cute. Yeah. I liked also um, when he's sitting in Leo's living room and he's like, I got a cigarette dipped in acid today. <laughs> Do you want to, I'm going to put it, I'm going to store it at your house. You can smoke it if you want to, but save some for me. Yeah, I love that And then too. Leo goes, I don't need it. My buzz don't. My booze don't need a helper or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. Like, yeah, he's like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> like, I, I was curious as to, uh, I, I guess I didn't realize that like putting acid in a cigarette was a thing. You know, I didn't either, like, and it looked like a lot. I mean, I thought you just like a put a little too. square on your tongue. That's what I thought too. Like it dissolves on your tongue, and that's like enough. But it's yeah. not, it looks like, like. Did he smoke that whole thing? Because it's insane. I'm probably not, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you I would, you'd not. think you would be able to save that for multiple times. Yeah. You know? But I, I don't know. I, I mean, so. it could be different, though. You know, it could be because when you're putting it on your tongue, it's directly dis- dissolving into your saliva, uh, you know? Yeah, that's true. Versus, like, a cigarette, which is just going into your lungs, so it could be less of an effect. That's, that yeah. could be it. Yeah. Because yeah. it just depends on the chemical and all that stuff. Now it's affected by heat. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I anyway, would recommend this movie. I Now I, I feel hope, like I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I hope if, if you watch it, I hope that you yeah. enjoy it and now you know the full story. And I would recommend and, looking into the story, too, before watching the movie. Yeah. Just because then you'll know what you're getting into. You'll understand that, like, you know, George Spahn, like, let these people. Because we didn't talk about that. The girls were, like, able, or they were all able to live on the farm because they helped him out at the farm. Yeah. And also they were having sex with him. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But, so. I mean, Mike didn't know the story, and he still enjoyed the movie, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. It's enjoyable, but I think, yeah, I would recommend looking at it's the history It's definitely different well, yeah. from the real mm-hmm. story, for sure, because a lot of people died that night. It was pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah, so. So watch it and enjoy it. Yeah. And, uh... And if you wanted to watch an accompanying movie about Sharon Tate, there's also the Hillary Duff movie called The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. <laughs> it looks so stupid. I haven't seen the trailer, but I'm just going to guess it's real bad. <laughs> Anything called The Haunting of like, Sharon Tate. Uh-huh. So you can find us she on... She wasn't haunted. <laughs> you can find us on Spotify. Well, maybe she haunted the house afterwards. No, no, it was like... It was I guess like, we'll have to watch the movie. Was, no. <laughs> it was like the premonitions of what was going to happen Oh, boy. To her. Yeah, okay. It sounds really dumb. So she was haunted by it. Yeah. So find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Yep. iTunes, yep. Instagram, yep. Facebook. Yep. We are the Watchers of Movies, though on Instagram we are called... 
watchers of movies. movies. Yeah. And if you want to send us any suggestions as to what we should watch next or talk about next, we have watchersofmovies at gmail.com. Yes. And, or you could, you know, DM us on Instagram or send us a message on Facebook. Either way, whatever you want to do. Yeah. It's all good. Let us know. And either way. Uh, we will see you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye.